Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I talk to former players all the time, and that this is one of the things that we talk about is Obviously, when we talk about the climate of the Chicago Bears, because we love and we respect the Bears, we want them to do good. But we're like, damn, how can we help? Like, what could they possibly do to to help or what possibly what we could do to help? So, you know, the response has been great. And I just hope that it gets to the front office and maybe we can have a discussion and maybe we can, you know, try to help this team get on the right path and, and get to a Super Bowl, because that's the ultimate goal is to get to the Super Bowl. But before we do that, the structure has to be in place to get there. And I don't necessarily think that it's in place. I think that you listen to these former guys and they give you that, that unique perspective on things. And that feel is the most important thing. It's the pregame show. We've got Ole Cruz and Patrick Manley. That is the voice of Jerry Azuma. He was on this week uh, talking about uh, the the um, great resource that is the former players of the Chicago Bears and uh, and how you would go about using that. And uh, really interesting stuff from Jerry. We are delighted to uh, to welcome in Dan Pompey. He joins us on the guest. Uh, uh, hotline presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. And, and Dan, the Bears really have a lot of ex-players that, that could help them. And maybe an ex-player will be the next head coach. But will they offer that player more than $15 an hour? And, and what is the most, what's the most insulting offer you've ever received for your only, service? Only if he's worth it, right, Dan? <laughs> well, you know, I, I always say, guys, you know, the, the marketplace is a great way of telling us all what we're worth, right? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you know, um, I, I think uh, it's an interesting question, you know. Certainly there are ways that former players can help. And, you know, to have somebody like Olin be a consultant for the offensive line is, you know, a great example of how that, you know, and, and the Bears have such a such a rich, rich history and so many uh, former players who, uh, you know, can have a, a say-so. You know, we saw years ago uh, when they brought in Ron Rivera uh, at the start of his coaching career, and look, look where that's gone. 
one point they, they brought in Richard Dent as a pass rush consultant, and that and that helped. You know, maybe it's even something like you have a, a board of guys. You know, maybe you have ten guys or something, and you meet with them once a month and just brainstorm, and you have different ideas thrown around. I mean, obviously, you know, if you've got too many former players, you get too many voices and too many different opinions. Um, but I think certainly there is uh, uh, some value just to to hear what they have to say because they have been there before and, and they've had uh, a stake in the organization and they have some pride and uh, really some, some ownership in, in what the team does. Yeah, and, and really just accumulated a lot of knowledge over the years of what they've done. And it just seems simple to put them in a room and have somebody in there with them, like you're saying, Dan, and and pay them whatever, you know, 2500 whatever it may cost to come in for that day and just what do you think about the team? And someone writes down the answers. It just seems simple to me. But uh, as far as this team right now goes, Dan, a lot of rumors out there. Coach Nagy, obviously people are saying he's gone uh, with, with Ted Phillips and George McCassie and the people who run the Bears. Uh, nothing is guaranteed until they come out and tell us. But some people saying that Ryan Pace it will stay – uh, maybe be moved into another role. Wondering, we talked about earlier, wondering what you think about that idea of maybe moving on from Coach Nagy but keeping Ryan Pace. Yeah, you know, I, I saw that uh, Brad Biggs wrote that the other day, and I've heard some of the same things uh, throughout uh, different voices from the league, people I talked to. And, um, you know, I, I think this. I think it's always best to move forward with an entirely clean new slate with two people. So completely uh, irrelevant of judging Ryan Pace, what he's done or, you know, who he's picked or what, any of that stuff. If you're going to fire the head coach, to me, I think you should fire the general manager too. Uh, I mean, obviously they have been joined at the hip, and, but that's another, another issue. The point is this. It's hard to move forward when you've got a person who's been there and who has been a part of one program and agenda, and then you bring in a new, a new person, a new head coach, who's part of a, of a, a new way of thinking. And, um, you know, oftentimes what you find is those two people are not working in concert. Then they have different agendas. And, you know, this is something the bears have done repeatedly and it's, I've never seen it work. I don't think, you know, uh, they did it, uh, back when Pat and Owen were playing when, uh, you know, they brought in Jerry Angelo and he inherited Dick Duran. Now Dick had a great season in his, in uh, Jerry's first season as general manager. Then he had a bad season and Jerry ended up moving forward with a new head coach. They did it with, uh, when you guys, they did it twice with you guys. Cause they did it again with uh, uh, when they fired Jerry and they brought in Phil Emery and they said, you got to keep loving. And then that lasted one season, and then Phil made his move. So really, I think what, you know, when you do this kind of thing, what you're doing is delaying the inevitable, which is firing the next guy. And, and uh, it, it, I, I don't see it working. Dan, you, you cover the league a lot, and, you know, we're talking about Matt Nagy getting fired. What are the thoughts? We know our thoughts about him here in Chicago. What are the thoughts around him, around the league? I know you wrote Doug Peterson's book. They have, they have a little bit of a connection together. But what's his overall thought around the league of Matt Nagy and his talent level at coaching and all that? 
Well, you know, it's uh, the old Bill Parcells line, Pat, you're as good as your record says you are. You know, right. and he's he's about a 500 coach right now uh, throughout his season, a little bit above 500 uh, in Chicago. Um, you know, I mean, he's assuming the Bears fire him, he'll get another job, you know. Um, he'll probably get, I would think he would get a job as, uh, you know, maybe a senior offensive consultant or something like that for a year and, you know, he'll have a chance to kind of, rehab his career um but i think uh clearly clearly at this point you know you have to look at uh what the bears have done and you know the most recent impression is always the most prominent impression and it's not a great one right now you you cover jim harbaugh we've been talking a little bit about him there are a lot of names being mentioned out there would jim want to come here in the circumstances that uh, that currently exist, would he care about Ryan Pace being there because he knows the McCaskies, he knows Ted? Would would that matter to him as long as he had the power that he felt he needed? Well, I think everything matters. You know, when you're a uh, head coaching candidate, especially if you're one who has good options and who's in demand. And, you know, Harbaugh has at least one good option that we know about, and that's remaining at the University of Michigan, you know, where he had great success last year. And, uh, you know, I think feels like he could be on the, the verge of maybe keeping that program or, or, or raising that program to a level that it wasn't at during the years prior to this one. So um, certainly you, you'd have to make a really attractive offer, whether or not that means – you know, a new general manager or giving him, you know, maybe it's a, maybe it's a scenario where you say to somebody like Jim Harbaugh, um, you know, yeah, Ryan Pace is going to be here, but you've got final control of the 53. You've got personnel control. You know, maybe the Bears make that kind of offer. Um, I think, um, I think, do I think he'd be, uh, your initial question, do I think he'd be interested in the Bears? I do think he'd be interested in the Bears. Um, I, I think, uh, I think he'd, he'd take a good, long, hard look at it. I think he'd probably be interested in the Raiders, and I think the Raiders would be interested in him. You know, the Dolphins are another possibility. So, you know, if he's serious about going to the NFL, I think he's going to have options, and, and then it comes down to where's the best fit. Uh, interesting game we got today, Dan, up there in the – in Minnesota, of course, it all depends on what your definition of interesting is. But uh, both coaches uh, look like they could be on their way out. And no one really knows what's going to happen with the general managers. We all know uh, Ryan Pace, but we also know Rick Spillman from his time here uh, in Chicago. Wondering today, when you're watching this game, what, what you're going to be looking, what you'll be looking at, what's going to interest you during the game, uh, what storylines are you going to be looking for? Well, yeah, really unfortunate that there's no Justin Fields playing, you know, because that would be that would have been the number one thing we'd all be looking at. Uh, but I think still, you know, you want to see uh, the players uh, take pride in, in what they do. And you want to see uh, individual uh, performances that, that stand out. You know, you want to see guys uh, playing for their futures and uh, putting uh, what they are on tape. And, um you know, there's still a lot of guys on this team, uh, young players whose futures are not determined and uh, who are going to be evaluated by whomever is in charge of this team next year, as, as well as perhaps other teams that are uh, looking at them for whatever reason. And, and um, you know, I, I think uh, 
those guys have to go out and, and put some pride into it. I, I think uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Matt Nagy had a little fun in this game, knowing that it's probably his last game and uh, maybe took some chances and did some things that were uh, a little uh, out there for him. So Dan, all right, so at the end of this game, we just talked about Mike Zimmer could be gone, Matt Nagy could be gone, Rick Spielman could be gone, Ryan Pace could be gone. If you're a head coaching candidate out there, which job to you is more intriguing? Which 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 place would you want to go to first? Are you talking about of, of... As, as a head coach? As a head coach, which yeah. which roster would you want to go work with, or which team or, or organization do you think is in a better position for you as a head coach to go in there and work? And what what are my options again? What are the either the Vikings or the about? Bears? Either the, the Vikings or the Bears? Bears. Um. I, I would. I mean, I'd have to, to really dig into that to give you my best answer. But gotcha. I would probably say. Off the well, top here, here, of let me head. put it this way. I'll, I'll make it simple for you then. It'll make the question better. Sorry. You've got the Vikings with Kirk Cousins. You've got the Bears with Justin Fields. Which one would be more enticing for you? Well, you know, uh, Justin Fields has got more potential, but he's also the devil you don't know. You <laughs> know, uh, Kirk Cousins is the devil you know. So you know, you know what his uh, top end level is. He's a veteran who's who's you know played over and over again, and um, you know up to this point he's been he's he's one of the most productive receivers in the league statistically, but he hasn't been able to get his team over the hump. Uh, is that on him? Is it on you know the, the coaches, the teammates, whatever? Uh, all of the above. Um, you know, it's a little a little hard to say, but certainly, you know, Fields, the potential is very intriguing. You know, the interesting thing with Fields, too, is, you know, we, we talked about how, um, you know, the Bears structure and the people who are here might appeal to coaching candidates. Well, Fields is interesting, too, because, um, you know, there were, there were a lot of teams that didn't think he was, you know, one of the top, one of the very, very best players in the draft last year, right? That's why he kind of fell to where he did. And there were others that were crazy about him. He was a little polarizing as a candidate. And I don't think that we've seen anything that has changed that. So, you know, there could be guys out there who think, you know, I would give my left arm to work with Justin Fields. And then there could be guys who think, boy, I don't know, you know, that might be a coach killing move to take him over. So, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out, too. How, how will that affect a head coaching hire? In other words, you know, if you end up keeping the general manager that drafted him, he obviously is looking for a head coach in the same fashion he was with Mitchell Trubisky. The first question would be, what do you think of Mitch? Could you work with Mitch? Presumably the, the answer they got from uh, – from Matt Nagy was a positive one. Oh, I, I think Mitch is great. I know we can get the most out of him. And it didn't happen. Is that is that another prerequisite to sit down and talk about the Bears job? Hey, is F- Fields is the long-term answer. How are you going to make that happen? Or are, are you going to allow that guy to say, well, I'm not sure about that. We'll have to see. Yeah, see, that's the problem with, you know, keeping the general manager and – hiring a different head coach. You know, you're in the same scenario you were with uh, Trubisky when uh, John Fox was fired and Matt Nagy was hired. 
um, you know, I, ideally you'd have two fresh sets of eyes or four, four eyes, I should say, new eyes and uh, two, two new brains coming in and evaluating the situation and, uh, you know, coming forward with uh, one idea that, you know, yeah, we can make it work with him or no, we can't. But, you know, I think you don't want – what you don't want is a new new coach feeling influenced by what's happened in the past and, and what his uh, – what, what the, the biases and, and the agendas of, you know, the previous general manager or regime were. You want him to be able to, to really – take control and ownership of the situation from his own perspective. The hard thing is, you know, you did really uh, commit to Fields. You know, you, you committed to him with the draft picks you gave up for him. So you'd hate to, to have a coach come in and say, uh, no, you know, can't, can't make it work with this guy without giving it a shot because, um, you know, you, you've, uh, you've already mortgaged yourself with him. Hey, uh, Dan, when you said that Coach Nagy might go out there and do something different, have a little fun, I was thinking, well, he may run the I-formation, move the pocket, and run some screens. So that would be <laughs> different and fun uh, for Coach Nagy. But uh, I was wondering, Dan, all the years you've been doing uh, this, if you've ever saw anything uh, quite like what Joe Judge went went on, that rant he went on last week, and what you thought about that. No, that was kind of crazy, you know, and I really uh... – I thought it might be a, a prelude to him getting fired, but apparently that's not going to happen from what, you know, different people have said. Um, you know, I, I think um, head coach has to be careful with what he says. You know, sometimes I think after a game, um, a, a guy can get a little emotional or a little uh, let his hair down or really not, you know, think about everything in terms of how it will be perceived. And, um, you know, maybe that's what, what happened there. And sometimes uh, saying less is better than saying more. Uh, you know, Olin, you were always very good in the post-game locker room. We'd sit in front of your locker for 30 minutes, and you'd come away without a single word in our notebook. <laughs> you know? uh, Man, things have changed, haven't they? <laughs> you held them all in till now. <laughs> well, they were paying me more than 15 bucks at that time. So. <laughs> I was going to say, it's what happens when they offer you 15 bucks an hour, right? So talking too damn much, you know? That's beautiful. Uh, Dan, Albert Breer suggested that the Bears are going to be looking for a leader of men, not necessarily an offensive guy, a defensive guy, but the the definition he gave was leader of men. And and Leslie Frazier obviously included in that. You covered Leslie. Um, Is that – is that a legit idea? Is that, you know, is Leslie ready to to come back as a head coach and um, and then you got to hire an offensive guy and all the rest of it? Do you like the leader of men idea? Absolutely. I think, you know, that's uh, music to my ears, and I hope Albert's right uh, because I think, you know, the, the worst thing you can do when you're going out to hire a coach is say, look, we need to find a guy who could fix a problem. It's not a problem, you know, one problem that you're addressing. You need someone who can lead a program and who can, um, you know, be an impactful uh, leader for a period of time with different players in different circumstances, different situations. And uh, I think, you know, leadership is really underrated oftentimes. You know, too many times we – 
uh, a, a team hiring a head coach looks at, well, what team has been successful? Let's find a guy who's been successful. Or let's find a coaching tree that, you know, we like. Well, look, the head coach has done this and that. Uh, or, you know, we need a guy on this side of the ball or that side of the ball because we've had these issues on that side of the ball. It, those are not the ways to do it as far as I'm concerned. I think uh, you need to go out, like I said, and, and look at a guy who uh, who really, um, you know, could be a, a CEO of a, of a corporation, not just a, a football guy. I mean, obviously you want a guy who who understands the game at the highest level and, you know, can, can game plan and, and do everything you need a head coach to do from an X and O standpoint. But it's about more than that. It really is. And I think, uh, I think the world of Les Frazier, I really do. You know, he had a rough deal in, in Minnesota when he was the head coach there. Uh, he was, you know, playing with uh, Christian Ponder as his quarterback and Matt Castle. And, uh, you know, it's tough when, when those, those are your quarterbacks. You can't really, you know, nobody wins with those guys as your quarterbacks over time. So um, I think, you know, he's a guy with outstanding leadership qualities, always was, you know, from the time he was a player here. Um, I, I spent a lot of time with him last year and did a longer feature on him, talking about kind of his path from, uh, you know, his college days up until the present. And, um I think uh, yeah, I think the Bears, you know, if they do fire Matt Nagy, he's a guy they definitely should interview. Hey, Dan, we got the first time of ever 17 games in the NFL season. There's some records that are going to be broken, milestones for guys like Darnell Mooney getting 1,000 yards. What is your evaluation, and how do you evaluate these players with breaking these milestones, getting these records, and then how do you use that going forward with your Hall of Fame voting? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I think all the numbers – are kind of cheapened over time, you know. I mean, you know, there's the Kyle Pitts, for instance, I think is going to break uh, uh, Mike Ditka's record for rookie tight end yardage. Um, well, Mike Ditka played in, I think it was 12 games in, in 1963. Um, so, I mean, what does that mean? It means nothing, you know. Right. If Mike Ditka had played 17 games, they, you know, he'd have way, way more yardage. Um, but, I mean, I think you, what you have to do uh, is, is compare players to other players of their era. And, uh, you know, that gives you a, a perspective. And certainly, I don't mean to diminish Pitts. He's had a great season. I think he's going to have an incredible career. But, you know, the, the greatest rookie tight end season in history still belongs to Mike Ditka and Mike forevermore. Hey, uh, Dan, I just uh, wanted to raid the Buffalo Bills coaching staff, uh, hired Leslie Frazier, made Ken Dorsey offensive coordinator, made Rob Boris Titans coach, run game coordinator, and I'm hiring Eric Washington as the defensive coordinator. Tell the Bears I said they're welcome. <laughs> How much are you going to charge him for that? Is it going to be uh... – $14.50, $14.50. <laughs> it's Black Sunday. Well, yeah, it's $14.50. I mean, hey, you know, the Bills obviously, though, are a well-run operation. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, there, there's some not, – not to say, again, that you want to just take everything from a team that's had success. But uh, clearly, you know, there are elements of what they do that uh, – could work on any team, and, and uh, you know a lot of that comes from their leadership and, and their, those coaches you're talking about. I know you know some of those guys well. Mm -hmm. Yep. Would be would be wouldn't be a bad idea, like you just said. They, they should they should 
interview Leslie Frazier and see what his plan is. And what his plan is, obviously, you have to watch film with him. I don't know what you think, but the head coach has to watch film on Justin Fields and tell me what he thinks about him and how the guy, if it's Leslie Frazier, the defensive coordinator, how the offensive guy he's going to bring in is going to develop the quarterback two or three games. I need to watch them and see what they think of Justin Fields and how they can get him uh, to the level of play that you need to be a consistent contender in the NFL. Absolutely, because, uh, you know, I think in the, in the short term, obviously this team, uh, no matter who the head coach is, is going to be committed to trying to, to develop Justin Fields and, and win games with him. You know, I mean, I think um, the other thing is you, you really would hope that he's able to take a, a big step forward next year and uh, not just be a you know, developmental quarterback who's, uh, you know, who, who's, who's taken steps but not enough steps to make you win. Uh, you know, we've seen Mac Jones as a rookie this year. You know, he's got, he's got the playoffs, uh, you know, right, right in front of him now with the Patriots. So um, if he could do that in his first year, you would hope that you know, all, really not only Fields but all these second-year quarterbacks – uh, Lawrence, Zach Wilson, uh, you know, they all could, could win games next year. Dan, we'll, we'll let you go, but I, I want to go with, to back to what Pat was asking you earlier. Um, you know, when you look at a head coaching job, and, and you know, he, he was comparing the Bears with the, uh, with the uh, Vikings, but there are other openings too. When you're looking at a head coaching job, are you looking at the number of young players that are – potentially pro bowlers that are sitting there? Because I don't know how many there are in Chicago. Are you looking at the the possibilities with the quarterback? Do you prefer a veteran to a, to a, a rookie? Are you looking at draft picks? They don't have a number one draft pick. Are you looking at, at salary cap? Because the Vikings are absolutely tied up in the salary cap. The Bears are pretty close. Yeah, you know, I, I think you, you probably don't want to get too caught up in – what's right in front of your face, right? The immediate future. And you want to say, okay, I'm signing a five-year contract or whatever it is. So your hope is that you could kind of tear down uh, whatever is in front of you that you don't like and rebuild it. So really what you want to do is is take a look at a roster and where it'll be two, three years from now uh, and, and say, you know, do I think that, two, three years from now, I can make this a team that is going to be a contender for a Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, the quarterback's a big part of that. Uh, you know, other than that, you want to see some, some difference makers. Obviously, you'd love to have as many draft picks as you can. Um, and, and young players, you know, you'd like to see young players with potential. And, uh, you know, the rest you could probably try to uh, work around a little bit. Like I said, you could cut guys, you could trade guys, you could – you could uh, rebuild, you know, with, with, with young players and, and make the team in your image, which most coaches want to do anyway. Great stuff, Dan. Thank you. Okay, guys, thanks. Good talking with you. We're going to get to Mark Grody. Mark Grody is, uh, is our man on the sidelines. We'll find out what's going on. He was out there all week at practice, and we'll find out who's in and who's out for this game. Uh, I should mention that Chicago's hometown Bloody Mary mix is uh, – 
is Zing Zang. It is uh, the best there is, created in Chicago, still headquartered in Chicago. Number one Bloody Mary mix brand, number one cocktail mix brand. Mixers like the Zing Zang Margarita Mix, made with natural ingredients. And don't forget the Zing Zang canned cocktails. They've got canned Bloody Marys and margaritas and whiskey sours, premium spirits already included, and full-strength cocktails in a can. 9% ABV. It's like having two cocktails in one can, and it's ready to drink and ready to tailgate with. So don't forget your Zing Zang. It is the pregame show. We'll bring in Grody next. It's presented by Bet Rivers, the official sports book of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers app today. We're back with more of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook pregame show on Sports Radio 670 The Score with Molly, Patrick Manley, and Olin Krutz. Brought to you by Bet Rivers Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app today. Oh, yes, indeed, it is the pregame show. And we've got Olin, we've got Patrick Manley, and now, oh, what a joy. We have our buddy Mark Grody. He joins us on the score hotline presented by Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Road at time! Gentlemen, the only thing of interest here on the inactive list is somebody that's not even technically inactive. It would be Justin Fields, who remains on the COVID-19 list, so he he is not going to play today if anybody thought there was the slightest chance of it. And I guess while I'm at it, I will, for the formality of it, give you the inactives. They are Duke Shelley, Ryan Nall, Elijah Wilkinson, and Lachavius Simmons. So that's what we're dealing with on the inactives today. I think a few things to keep an eye on in this game today. Um, Daz Newsome active, so it looks like he will be returning punts today, and who knows what effect he might have on the receiving game. Be nice to see him get involved a little bit. I think you guys mentioned Darnell Mooney, 71 yards shy of 1,000 for the season. And then even Matt Nagy, if he gets the win today in what has felt like as frustrating as a four-year for any Bears head coach that we have had here in Chicago, if the Bears win today, Matt Nagy will be 35-30 and 30 in presumably his, his fourth and final Final year with the Chicago Bears, only averaging 12 points a game. No, <laughs> it doesn't work. The offense didn't work. I mean, that's it. You could you could that's shine it up answer. however you want. We all watched. We you're all watched. Above 500. You're averaging. Yeah, very good at scoring points. We watched every single game, and the offense didn't work. So right. there it is. So who's playing left tackle? What's what's the story with that today? What's the story with playing time on young guys? I I think uh, I'm getting the feeling that it's going to be. Jason Peters to start just because I don't know why Matt Nagy would do anything differently just because it, it feels like he is either paying that respect to Jason Peters or Matt Nagy still trying to get W's to bolster his his own um, record with the Bears. I did talk to Tevin Jenkins, had, had a long 20-minute conversation with Tevin Jenkins, something I'd like to probably eventually play all of. But one of the things that I did ask Jenkins, I did ask him if he was going to start at left tackle this week, and of course he wouldn't tell me. He kind of <laughs> smiled and said, gave me the old nice try. So I tried. I don't know. But he did tell me as far as his future with the Chicago Bears at left tackle. I mean, I asked him straight up, are, are you going to be the starting left tackle next year for the Bears? And he said, quote, I do believe that I will play a significant role in the future, 
but I'm not going to say that. It's always like one of those things, like one of those hot takes that, oh, he says he's going to be this, um, it's going to be that. But I just want to say I do have a strong feeling like I would be, close quote. And that is, again, Tevin Jenkins. So I don't know what, what you guys make of that. Sounds like that's where he would be. But he has been told nothing, guaranteed nothing. And who knows what we'll be making that decision next mm-hmm. year, too. Yeah, that's, that's a great point, right? Like he, no one in that building knows anything right now. No one knows uh, what the coach is coming in. Think of Tevin Jenkins and where he should play. And if a new general manager comes in, what they thought about him in the draft. So all of that stuff is interesting uh, as far as uh, Peters playing at left tackle. It's about the dumbest thing I've heard today. But not from yep. you, Grody. I mean, them playing him is about I'll have the something thing. for you later on in this yeah. that you'll think is dumb, I'm sure. Yeah, but, but, well, uh, well, but yeah. first of all, happy birthday. And what did Demir Bird get you? <laughs> <laughs> Here, here's what Demir thank you and what Demir here, you talk about milestones guys yeah. Demir Bird has a chance at 300 yards on the season today he's at 282 Ooh. so I mean is that what, what, is that what, where we fall is that what we're yeah. doing oh, yep. does he get, man, does he get an extra awesome. $15 to reach that incentive <laughs> <laughs> I mean let's face it this is the last day that we're, we're going to have the Demir Bird motif so we might as well fly with it but a good the the good thing is that he did take off like you said man he exploded onto that 300 yard uh season but uh grody (laughs) uh, as as far as the game today obviously if you just look at it with the bears defense the last two weeks uh they haven't been able to stop the run they didn't stop saquon barkley they didn't stop uh the seattle seahawks run game and we probably know what coach zimmer and the minnesota vikings want to do today offense coordinator kubiak they want to run the ball. What have the Bears been saying about that up there at Hallis Hall? If anything, what have they been saying about their ability and how they have to stop the run today if they want to beat and get Coach Nagy to 35 and 30? Yeah, 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 absolutely. It's all about the coach and 35 and 30. But yeah, you know, Dalvin Cook is a huge problem. The Bears have run hot and cold with him in the past. They've had some good games against him and some bad games against him. But I think that the Bears have shown over the last couple of years that stopping these dynamic runners has absolutely been a problem for them. I also obviously worry about the, the Bears cornerbacks and the Bears secondary in this game as that has has been a problem having only the one sturdy cornerback in Jalen Johnson and then stop attempting to stop Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen as well. So th- those are, you know, hugely talented guys. It makes one wonder why the Minnesota Vikings are 7-9. and nine. I don't know, maybe you do point to Mike Zimmer about that, but they, there are weapons on this team and assuming everybody is trying today, those guys are going to be hard to stop. And as a matter of fact, Dalvin Cook this week was asked by the, the Minnesota Vikings media, hey, you know, you're going to go all out in this game. And he kind of looked at them like, like they were crazy. So Dalvin <laughs> Cook plans to be maximum effort today. So the Bears better be ready for what's coming because nobody cares. I don't think that the Bears win or lose this game, but you still don't want to embarrass yourself. You don't want to see Dalvin Cook go for 200 yards or have some ridiculous record placed on on the Bears in this game and I will say this too it's really disappointing to me that that Akeem Hicks is not going to be out there today the the ankle thing that's been bugging him for the last four and five weeks on and off will keep him out because he's always been a monster I think he's had some of his best games against the Minnesota Vikings but I get it and this may be more from his side than even the Bears. I mean, he's going to be going into free agency. I'd be shocked at this point if Akeem Hicks is back with the Bears in any way, shape, or form next year. So this may have even come from the Akeem Hicks camp. I don't know. 
You didn't have him on your inactive list. I was about to ask about him. Is he inactive, or was he put on some uh, designation? He, he, he was ruled out. He was ruled he was. out. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, no, no hits. And, for and this Jakeem game, Grant was was. I mean, we're, I'm just thinking about players that are with expiring contracts. Jakeem mm-hmm. Grant was put on uh, an injured reserve, right? Yeah. So he's yep. not available. Correct. And presumably, um, he's played his last game, right? Did he play 11 games? He he. Came in pretty late. They gave up a pick for him. I know he made a Pro Bowl, but I don't know that he made any impact on the season, right? Yeah, I mean, he he became a necessary player uh, in in the receiving game, and we saw him used a lot, and he played a lot. He did not, as you said, Molly, it wasn't like a huge impact, but he he became a guy with all the the receivers down and Allen Robinson and the troubles that he has had this year. And, of course, you know, the big one, who we're not even really talking about right now, yeah, Tariq Cohen will will yep. have missed an entire season, an entire 17 game season. So that that still remains a little bit of a mystery as to what was going on and if there was more to it than we know, or if this was just one of those injuries and that specific injury that just took a little bit longer. So Tariq, assuming, and maybe we shouldn't even assume it at this point since we just don't know what's up with Tariq Cohen. Like that's the guy that would fill that void hopefully next year. And you know, even if Tariq Cohen plays, Tariq Cohen has not been a really huge weapon for the Bears, a dangerous scheme for a weapon since 2018. So like so much of this Chicago Bears team, it's been on, it's been stalled in so many areas since 2018. And that's why we're looking at some of the themes that we might be looking at after this game is over today. Grody, it might be tough to, to get a get a gauge on the guys over Zoom, but is there any feeling about, you know, this possibly being Matt Nagy's last game and the guys talking about that or, you know, talking about how hard they're going to play for him or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, Justin Fields was asked about a couple of the coaches this week and specifically, you know, you're, you're talking about Matt Nagy. And it was an interesting, you know, it, Justin Fields is, is very honest and he said he's a great guy. And he said he coached me to the best of his ability. So I don't, I, I don't know exactly how to take that. I don't know. Backhanded. If, that's backhanded right oh, there. Yeah. <laughs> right. And and I don't know if he meant it that way, but that's sure the way it felt. Um, so and you know he he threw out some rose petals to John D. Filippo, and you know he said something to the effect of, "I'll give this to John D. Filippo. He's always the same guy." But I, I don't see a scenario where any of those coaches would be back next year because that that's, you know, still, no matter what mm-hmm. has happened this year, Justin Fields is the most important player on the team. But, I, I you know, Patrick, to further answer your question, most of the players when asked have – or all of them, anybody that's been asked publicly, they have all said nice things about Matt Nagy. And I think that deep down inside what guys would – if they were really talking to you, they would all say the same thing. Great, great – guy uh great locker room dude but they they have to know he didn't have a hold on the offense there's probably gonna be there's probably some offensive players who were frustrated with him and naturally defensive players probably were too because of the amount of time that they would have to spend on on the field and it put them in a bad spot at times as well so so yeah i think i think that's what we'll all say about Matt Nagy on the way out right it's a great guy but did not fixed the offense and did not make the offense good, period. Great stuff, Grody, as always. Thank you, buddy. Take care, guys. Appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk to you all soon. Happy birthday, Grody. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Mark. Thank you. Heart you all. Bye. (laughs) Heart you all. (laughs) 
I love a oh. man who speaks an emoji. All right. what, what, what is this, Grody's 16th birthday? What, what, what yeah. was that? <laughs> Stay away oh, from my daughter. Beautiful. You're li- <laughs> Especially with that bank the- account. Stay away, Grody. <laughs> You're listening to the pregame <laughs> Nolan Cruz and Patrick Manley, presented by Bet Rivers official sportsbook of the Chicago Bears. Download that Bet Rivers app today. Yeah, Coach Nagy's a great coach. Um, you know, uh, I know there's been a lot of outside talk or whatever, but um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, he's you know he's coached me to the best of his ability, and um, you know, he's a great person uh, on and off the field, and you know, I'm just you know happy I got to experience this, this first year with him, and um, you know, just all the players and all the coaches. It is the pregame show. We've got Ola Cruz and Patrick Manley, and that, of course, is the voice of Justin Fields. And he has a really kind of, um, I don't know, understated kind of delivery. It sounds a little bit like Russell Wilson sometimes, where he just kind of, there's almost a monotone to what he's saying. And then when you look at it, 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 in print, it sounds a little different than the way he said it. It just reads a little different because you don't know what that means, he's coached me to the best of his ability. I, I think he's not taking a shot there, guys, but I think when you read it, you're kind of like, wow, like, is that a backhanded compliment? And um, and I just want to get your take on Justin Fields. You know, it, it's we had that moment against Pittsburgh where you kind of thought there's the future and you saw it, but all in all, it's been a very uneven type of season for him. Um, should any – Guy coming in be made to understand that he's the future? No, the, the guy coming in is made to understand that it's his team and it's his building, and, and you have to ask him uh, what he thinks of Justin Fields, and then you have to make your decision accordingly, right? And the only thing about when Justin Fields talks, I'm always surprised that everybody who's waiting for a 22-year-old football player to say something profound. Like, I'm not, yep. I'm not, you know, I'm not <laughs> waiting for that. But as far as that goes, Molly – um, that to me, that would just be the wrong way to do business, right? And if you want someone who's really, really high on Justin Fields, uh, th- then you maybe you might miss the leader of men that everybody's looking for, if you know what I'm trying to say here. So yeah. uh, we talked to Dan Pompey about uh, the first thing you probably have to do is talk to the coach about uh, put on film with Justin Fields and go to two or three games and just talk to him about what he thinks and, and get a feeling for what he thinks of Justin Fields. Now, you don't make – your whole decision based on that because if you're at Hallis Hall and you turn on the film from this year, and like you said, there was the Steelers game. At the end of that game, he looked really good. Uh, took him down the field, took the lead. There's a San Francisco 49ers game, uh, the fourth and one. Uh, you know, it was an amazing play. He showed you his athletic ability all year. But if you're saying you're guaranteeing that this guy is your guy of the future, you're crazy, Pat. And I think, yeah. like you talk about a lot, Pat, that, that you thought Ryan Pace – should have been drafting young quarterbacks and mm-hmm. developing other guys. And I think that you have to do that here, continuously um, develop younger guys. And you see Aaron Rodgers is about to be MVP of the league, even though he was extremely pissed off that they took Jordan Love a few years ago. Yeah, no, those are all great points. And I agree with you 100%. You don't find the general manager or coach to fit your quarterback. You start up top. You find the guy that, that fits the, the building, changes the culture, and gets everything going in the right direction. Now you hope Justin Fields turns into an elite quarterback and becomes that guy, and hopefully you can hire the right people to help develop him that way. 
But what I found interesting, I went back and looked at Fields' rookie season stats versus Mr. Trubisky's rookie season stats, and they're pretty similar. Like Justin Fields had, what, 10 starts, 12 appearances. Mitch had 12 games started. Um, Fields had seven TDs, 10 interceptions. Mitch went seven for seven. And then their rating is 73.2 for Justin Fields and 77.5 for um, Mitch Trubisky. Completion percentage is about the same. So they look like rookie um, seasons both both sides, but you're just hoping that whoever does come in can take this Justin Fields and he can be the guy to grow to be your franchise quarterback. And and if you are a head coach and and GM coming in, like I said, you're not you don't want to bring the guy in for Justin Fields or to be with Justin Fields to like that's the guy he likes. You want to bring in the right guy to develop Justin Fields to get this thing moving forward. And you just hope he can move forward. This is a couple things this year. Olin, you mentioned those great plays. But injuries also get me concerned. Yes, I know he played through the injury in the national championship game and uh, all that kind of stuff. But sometimes when guys get to this level, their body can't take this this pounding. Or he needs to learn how to play the quarterback position differently at this level. So that just to me is concerning that he's missed so many games with an ankle and ribs and things like that. That you hope that's not what his future is. That he's the guy that gets you 13, 14 starts every year. You want the guy to be able to stay healthy. Lead your team for 17 games every year from going forward. Uh, so those are just things I'm a little concerned about, but I thought it was interesting to take him and Mitch's numbers, and they're pretty similar. You just hope his growth, excuse me, hope his growth is a lot bigger than Mitch's was. Hmm. Well, I, I, uh, him, and, him and Mitch, you know, Mitch played under Dow Loggins and then Coach mm-hmm. Nagy, so right. their numbers are going to be <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> I mean, no, numbers no, going to be the same, right? <laughs> I just I know Can what you're saying, and, and that's why um, when people talk about well, who's doing the interviews, right, and, and why is it so important? To have a football guy there, maybe with a different perspective than Ryan Pace, than Ted Phillips, than George McCaskey. It's because these guys have made decisions off their football knowledge of who to hire and who to put in the building. You need someone else there who can say, well, uh, talk to me a little bit about what you think about Justin Fields. Talk to me a little bit about what scheme you would put him in. Mm -hmm. What do you see? What does he need to improve? And then talk to me about your weight room. Talk to me about how you're going to develop Cody Whitehair to become a pro bowler and all pro? How can I get Darnell Mooney to the number one wide receiver role? What do you see is wrong with Cole Komet? You see, that's the kind of questions they need to ask before they hire somebody. How does a guy who's not a leader of men find a leader of men? How do they recognize it? They don't. They cannot. There's just It's just not possible. The guy like that, Pat, like you said, it makes them extremely uncomfortable. You've been in a building with them. You know what makes them uncomfortable. A guy who would walk in that building and who would actually be this leader of men that everybody's talking about would make them uneasy. And that's why you worry about them finding that guy. Hmm. That's very. That's a very interesting point. Um, I, I think that what you're saying is, if you're saying they're not leaders of men, you're saying that their priority is to make themselves feel like they're not challenged, they're accepted, and they're respected, and and it's more about their comfort level than it is the organization. Yeah, I, I'm not saying that, Molly. They are. Right. Yeah, they told what, you that yeah. last year in yeah, their right, press exactly. conference. I, I'm right. not the one who said that, and I'm not saying in Ted's role uh, in the business side of building that he does not do a good job uh, leading that side of building. That I wouldn't know. I, I haven't had the opportunity to watch him in meetings like that right. that cover that information, that side of building, the business side of football. That is probably his wheelhouse. But what I'm saying is they told you what you're saying right now. They told you that last year. 
that we have everything else because we work so well together except for the wins. Right, and you, the, the word collaboration. To me, collaborating is you guys sitting around the couch just talking over a cold beer or, or tea or something and, and not getting after each other, not getting heated. I'd rather have somebody for these really tough decisions, whether draft picks or whatever it is, free agent picks, what you're going to do with money, to have real honest you don't have to scream and yell out of every decision, but just to be honest with each other in an open way. And it just seems like me, when you hear the word collaboration, they just like to sit around and chat and share ideas and see what works out where you need to have real honest discussions. To me, that's what football is. That's what a football building is. These are very difficult decisions. You're working with humans. You're working with situations that can be heated. You're working in a violent game that to have real discussions and not just these quote-unquote collaborations is what needs to take place. Yeah, and, and, and Molly, we could just talk about, and obviously uh, I get teased a lot about because it is true, uh, Harry Heastan is a really good friend of mine, but also a well-respected offensive line coach. You won't find anybody out there in the offensive line world that doesn't think he's extremely good at what he does. And congratulations to Harry taking the University of Notre Dame job. Uh, To me, more congratulations to the University of Notre Dame for getting a football coach and a man, uh, the quality and character of Harry Heastan. He'll help Tommy Reese a lot, and and him and Tommy, I think, will work well together. But uh, as far as you go back to, Pat, you're talking about collaboration, and we talk about, okay, in 2019 – Ryan Pace and Coach Nagy, I don't know if Coach Nagy was even 40 yet, uh, two 40-year-olds sat in a room and decided that they were going to fire Harry Heastan mm-hmm. to get better at football, right? <laughs> and that's when you have to have an uncomfortable conversation with these two exactly. guys and say, okay, um, but who are you bringing in? How does this make us better? And when they say Juan Castillo, they, and, and I have a ton of respect for Juan Castillo. He's coached a ton of football, a ton of offensive line in the NFL. But I have to ask them, Pat, how does a guy who's a – who is, uh, uh, I think they were calling him an analyst at the University of Michigan. How does he make us better mm-hmm. on the offensive line? What is your actual plan there? Because I would say to them, it's not just the coaching. You don't have the players, right? right? And from, just, from, just from my knowledge or your knowledge or, or, or Molly's knowledge of watching football, of watching offensive line play. And that's the uncomfortable conversations it seems like they're not having. You would have to ask Coach Nagy. Coach Nagy, you keep saying it's your run game, but it's not. It's not your run game. You can't score points. And I I don't want to hammer on Juan Castillo, but you had a general manager who called him the best. He called him the best developer of talent in the National Football League. That is is like beyond a compliment. (laughs) Who's gotten better? Who's gotten better? I mean, you know, it's great that, that he had the number to, to call the, the left tackle Jason Peters on his fishing boat. <laughs> but but that, that's probably the biggest impact that we've seen this year. We haven't seen the rookies get significantly nope. better. We haven't seen – in fact, I would say that James Daniels probably taken a step back. <laughs> Cody Whitehair probably taken a step back. Sam Mustafer – Hasn't been phenomenal, but any growth was on his part. He got bigger in the offseason. He came in with a different body. I, I don't see this, like, improvement of technician with all of these guys that somehow Ryan Pace was touting. Right, and, and unless you're in the building, you don't really know actually what they're doing every day to help these guys develop. And and that's the question, right, Molly? And that's, that's, just, that's the thing sometimes – uh, these guys get away with when they're on stage, when they say something like, 
Juan Castillo is the best developer of offensive linemen in the business. Well, now you have to define Mm -hmm. developing an offensive lineman, right? And what elements are you talking about when you say he develops offensive linemen? Because he is, by definition, the coach in your room is your skill coach, right? And that's just one element of developing an offensive lineman. There's a strength side to it. There's a mobility side to it. There's, there's studying film, teaching someone how to study film, how to break down defenses. So what exactly, you know, if I'm sitting with Ryan Pace and he throws that nonsense at me, this is what I ask him, right? Okay, well, that's fine. What, what, I mean, well, Olin, he develops offensive linemen. I say, well, what the hell are you talking about? Right, what the hell are you, are you talking about the way he, he teaches the kick step? Are you talking about the way he teaches run blocking? Because some of these guys developing them, I have to make them stronger. How you know what's his idea behind that? What does he believe in as far as strength, as far as the weight room, as far as nutrition, as far as mobility? You see what I'm saying? That the the answer when he said it to a guy to a guy who offensive lineman was complete nonsense when he said it. And that's and like you're saying, Molly, that's not a knock on Juan. That's a knock on Ryan Pace. Yes, no doubt about it. Yeah. And and listen, we got to get to a break. We've got Chris Thomason of the St. Pioneer, uh, the St. Paul Pioneer Press. He's going to join us next, and we'll ask him, uh, just from a season-ending perspective, does this game feel to the people of Minnesota like it does to the people of Chicago? It is the pregame show presented by Bet Rivers, the official sports book of the Bears. Download the Bet Rivers app today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 